Now, I became a born-again Christian when I was eight. I was saved in May of 1989. And I remember the person that led me to the Lord, and her name was Miss Ruth. She was my second grade Bible teacher at East Bowling Christian School. And what got me to that point was two years before I got saved, my aunt passed away unexpectedly. She was my mother's sister. And when she died, that's when I discovered that death is a reality. I had a lot of questions afterwards, like what happens to a person when they die? What I saw at her funeral was a pile of dirt. It was like a hump. It could be considered like a little short hill. And my mom said, that's where your aunt is at. And I'm thinking like, when does she come out? How does she eat? And to me, it seems like that's kind of a tight place to live in. And so I had all these questions. And my question was, what happens to a person when they die? And fast forward to the season of 1988 to 1989, I was in East Moline Christian School. And my 2nd grade Bible teacher, Miss Ruth, led me to the Lord. She was the one that God used to answer my question of what happens to a person when they die. She explains that when a person dies, their soul will end up in two places. Those that did not believe in Jesus will spend eternity in hell. And those that believe in Jesus, in other words, they believe in their heart and confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord, can be saved. So, she led me to the Lord in May of 1989, and that's how I became a born-again Christian. And thank God, by His grace, that He was patient with me, because I definitely did not get it right away. And yet, I still believe that if I died, that I will be in heaven because Jesus saved me. I believe in Jesus. Now, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time talking about my salvation. I mean, there will be a time where I'll sit down and give the whole entire story about my testimony. Now, if you look into the screen, you'll see that I'm at John chapter 8. And I'm utilizing a New King James Version. You know, what I've been doing in the Word or screening the Word I've been going with ESV, and I thought maybe just kind of change it up just a little bit. And to me, it doesn't really matter what translation you want to use. If you want to use NIV, ESV, NKJV, KJV, whatever. I mean, we are led by the Spirit. The way we understand the Word is by the Spirit, the Spirit of Truth. He's the one that guides us and helps us understand all things. And remember what Jesus says, he says, don't worry about what to say when you go in front of others because the Spirit will help you remember what to say. He will remind you of all the things I taught you and command you. Now here we are in John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. And then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, 
If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You know, as we grow in Christ with the word, we have to accept it. We have to accept it for what it says. We can't receive it as what we want it to say, but we have to accept it for what it says. Now, you may have already seen the title of this video. And the title of this video is What Happens When Born Again Gets Woke? Let me repeat it again. What happens when born again gets woke? The word woke. W-O-K-E is a popular word for the last two or three years. Whenever someone discovers a revelation, they get woke. When they discover that what history was taught in school was not taught accurate and they find out the real truth, they get woke. And I'm not just talking about just secular people. I mean, look at the title of the message. What happens when born again gets woke? What happens? And to explain what happens, I'm going to share my experience. I'm going to share my stories. And the reason why I'm doing this is because I want to help born again Christians to be able to still have balance in their life when they get woke. Now, like the world, we should not be. We should not rely upon the world to get us woke because that'll get us a whole lot of trouble that we don't need to be in. And when I was woke a long time ago, I might have been a little bit extreme with others when I'm trying to tell them the truth and try to get them to see things from my perspective. And that's what may happen when a lot of born-again Christians get woke. They may go on this crusade, this evangelical crusade, to go share the truth. You gotta get those people to hear the truth. Now I know people are hearing the truth. They have to hear the truth. I'm gonna teach them the truth. Well, let me just share what I learned about that. Thank God. You know, truth doesn't need any promotion. It doesn't need a voice. And it doesn't need people marching out in the streets and proclaiming the truth. Because truth stands by itself. It stands alone. And it really doesn't need anybody to promote it. For example... I want to talk about gravity. I don't think I need to go out on the streets and tell people about gravity and say, hey, listen, gravity exists. You need to wake up and see that gravity exists. I mean, if I go up to a coffee shop and start spewing that out, the manager's going to call the cops and I'm going to go to jail for sounding crazy and disturbing the customers. Now, I think we could all agree that you don't necessarily need to promote gravity. I don't need to prove that gravity exists because I think 
we should know that gravity exists. Like right now, I am holding a coffee mug, and if I decide to let it go, gravity is going to pull it down. We know that. We can observe and we can see that. So that's a great example that you don't need to promote truth because truth stands on its own. Now, I'm going to start sharing my story about when I started to get really woke about things. And I'm going to share how I was able to deal with it and kind of put things into balance. And I think that's very, very important. I mean, I mentioned this already, but it's so important that I want to mention it again. We should be woken by the Spirit. We should be led by the Spirit and nothing else. We should not allow other philosophies and other men to get us woke because those things will definitely lead us astray and we'll live a paranoid life and it'll just be insane. And that's no way for a Christian to live. Definitely not. Going back in time, in 2008. In 2008, I... Turned 28. I went from 27 to 28 years old. And I was living with my parents at that time. I was working as a personal trainer and I did a little bit of youth work. In 2008, it was President Bush's last year as the President of the United States. There was a battle who was going to be the next president. It became President Obama. President Obama, at that time, Democrat nominee defeated Republican nominee John McCain to become the next president. And I can tell you at that time, I was nose deep into the political scene. And I think we've all been there recently. I mean, 2020 was not that long ago. We were eyes deep into political scene. We sniffed the media like it was coke. I mean, everyone at the time was high and they were getting crazy. I mean, we were up all night long posting and creating memes nonstop to get the other tribal. I mean, we were really fierce tribal-like and we were ready to bring that other tribal down no matter what at all costs. That was last year. Well, obviously in 2008, social media was no way near where it is now. And yet, I was definitely in nose deep in the political process. And I would say that once I really began to work in 2004 as a personal trainer, that I paid attention a little more. In 2004, I was an intern at a YMCA in Lynchburg. And President Bush, the second Bush at that time, was in a heated battle to get reelected and he was going up against I see his face it's a guy that looks like Eddie Munston from the Monsters you know it's this guy he's really heavy into climate change it's almost like he could be Al Gore's long distant cousin or relative I can't really I see the face but I don't remember the name and it doesn't really matter his name I mean if you want to know you can look it up for yourself I mean it's not about him this message is answering what happens when born again gets woke. And I'm telling the story and I'm filling the background in. Anyways, in 2004, 
I worked and I was paying attention to the political scene. And that was the first time that I voted. And I voted Republicans all through. And I had this high expectancy, like, hey, things are going to get better now. Okay, the Republicans won. We have the Senate, we have the House, and we have the executive, the presidency. We're going to win. Things are going to turn around. Obviously, that didn't happen. And I think that's where um, little cracks of my history slash philosophy point of views kind of started breaking. You see, I grew up in a Republican home. You know, red was the best. It's all about the Republicans and the Democrats. They're the devils and no one is good. That was the mentality. And in 2000, and after 2004, that kind of cracked a little bit. Like most Americans, I think, I was tired of George Bush. I was tired of his progressive policies. And on a side note, I don't mean to make this thing so much about political. I'm just filling in the story of telling about how I began to get woke. And I will get us to the point where I answer the question, what happens then? What should we do? And if you don't want to wait that long, you want to get to the point, you know, if you want to get to that point, I will get you there. But if you want that little nibble right now, is go into Philippians. Philippians chapter 4. And Philippians chapter 4 talks about don't be anxious for nothing but pray. And God will give you the peace and understanding that you need. We need to stick into the nerve. We need to read the word and we need to follow in the word. But you see, in 2004, 2008, I was not as strong as a born again as I am now. I was still growing and I'm still growing. And hopefully five or 10 years down the line, I am still growing. Well, my history of philosophy started to crack after 2004. And I was tired of Bush and this is all of his progressive policies. Oh yeah, the name just came, John Kerry. It was John Kerry. It came to me, but that doesn't really matter. Anyways, um, in 2004 to about 2000, I was working as a personal trainer. I was doing part-time, and that's why I started discovering, you know, taxes more, and I started reading about um, the fair tax plan and the flat tax, and I thought, man, these are really good ideas. So I started gravitating towards those guys, guys like, you know, Ron Paul and Rand Paul, and I started reading more and I was like, man, things just change like that. Things would get better. And I realized now that's not going to really happen anytime
like I said, I reached those conclusions a long time ago. I mean, with all the corruption that you see with government, Hollywood, and communism, I saw a long time ago. A lot of people right now are just getting woke to that. So it's very shocking to them. So I would say that where people are at right now, I was there maybe about 10 years ago. And that's why I want to share the importance of how we can overcome when we are woke. And we should know, what is that woke us? Are we being woken by what man tells us or are we being woken by what God tells us, what the Holy Spirit has tell us. Remember, the name of the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Truth, and He'll guide you in all truth. You know, the Word of God reveals how things are going to end. And that's where we should be when it comes to truth. That should be our foundation and not what man tells us. Now, going back to 2008 in the political season, I was nose deep into it. I mean, my original choice for that year was Mike Huckabee. I thought at that time, he might have been a pretty good president. But now I don't think so anymore. It's just that I don't think, you know, he has what it takes. And obviously, God did not call him to be president of the United States. I think was whatever he is doing, that's where he needs to be. And then after Mike lost, just like the rest of the Republicans, we jumped on John McCain. John McCain had a hard time to convince people that he was not George Bush III. And he failed to do that. He failed to do that by signing the bailout plan in 2008. And when he lost the election, I was in shock and awe. I was drained, and I spent so much energy just following the political scene, I just took some time off. And then December 25th, 2008, I got a Christmas gift. And the Christmas gift was a DVD. And the DVD was called Megiddo, The March to Armageddon. It was a documentary by Dave Hunt and I think T.A. McMahon Ministries. And with that documentary, that's where I discovered things about New World Order. Of course, from reading the Bible, I knew that there was going to be a one world government eventually to come. Uh, but these guys did some research that showed the roots of the New World Order. That's how I became familiar with Illuminati. I became familiar with a guy that started up with Illuminati, Adam Weissop, and obviously became familiar with Freemasons. And then from that point on, I just became exposed to more things like 9-11 was a conspiracy, and then on into Infowars. And, you know, the thing goes on and on about what I was exposed to and how I had my woke moment. And just like anybody else that gets truth that has not been heard before, they feel they have to tell something. We have to warn someone about these truths because there's a lot of corrupt people in government and we have to warn people about these things, you know. I mean, that's where a lot of people are at right now. 
they want to scream out and just say, fake news, corrupt. Fake news, corrupt, rig election. They want to yell these things on top of their heads. And when they see governor from California and governor from New York and New Jersey and even Michigan execute these mask mandates and they don't want to wear masks themselves, we want to scream even more corruption. Ah, what are we going to do? What can we do? That's where a lot of us are at right now. We're being paranoid. And we're really stressing out for nothing. And to you guys, I just say, listen. Detach from the world for a while. Get away from that stuff. Get away from it. You know, get your Bible. And don't use your device. Find a hard copy of your Bible. Because if you use your device trying to read your Bible, you're going to get easily distracted. You're going to gonna watch Facebook you're gonna watch YouTube and find out what's being said on Twitter and you're stressing and you're even more paranoid more than ever you're in this woke experience you're in this woke roller coaster things are going up and down and are spinning all about no one's listening to you what are you going to do it's all going to end what am I going to do for my children and grandchildren's future disconnect Get your Bible. Find your Bible wherever it's at. It's probably in the bookshelf or under some clothes. Blow the dust that's been collecting on it and just get into the Word. Just, you know, begin the Gospels. Go back to the beginning. Go back to the basics. Start with the Gospels and just allow the Word to comfort your heart. I say this. Because I remember back in 2013 or 2014, there was this lady that she was kind of like into conspiracy as I was. I mean, she was very familiar with things like the Illuminati, Freemasons, and all the signs that Freemasons do. She was familiar with that stuff. And she was very paranoid. It's almost like she was an agnostic. You know, agnostics can't handle truth. And when they get exposed to conspiracies and conspiracy theories, now I'm speaking about agnostics, they get very paranoid. I mean, they're the classic example of putting a tinfoil on their heads. You know, they have their house covered in aluminum. They stay out of the sunlight and they just completely disconnect. They just disconnect. Now, that's no way for a born Christian to live. You know, Christ did not call us to live underground. He did not call us to live away from society. He did say, don't be like the world. Don't be part of it. Now, that doesn't mean we isolate ourselves. What Christ is talking about with whatever the world teaches, don't receive it. If you abide in his word, you are his disciples. That means you are born of the spirit. You have the spirit of truth. 
and it will guide you and it will help you remember all the things that Christ taught you. Remember these things. Go meditate on that for a while. Go into the Word. Spend time in John. Read about Jesus talking with his apostles in the upper room from John chapter 13 to John chapter 16. And he tells them that he has to go away from them. He has to return to the Father. And he tells them, don't worry. I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I have to go so that you guys can have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will comfort you. And he will guide you into all things. When you're alone and disconnected from the Word, the Spirit's going to lead you. Now, it may take a while. He's not going to lead you immediately. It may take a while because you have not been reading your Word daily like you should have been. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, we should not be conformed to this world, but in daily we should be renewing our minds with the Word. You should be filtered with the Word. The word will give you the peace, not as the world gives, because the world will say peace and security, and then next thing you know, there's a war. God's peace can even withstand in war after war, and it's still going to stand in war after war. And Jesus told his disciples that they will persecute you because of me. And when they bring you before kings and rulers, don't worry about what to say because the Spirit will speak for you. He will remind you of all things. You know, in the Word of God, we know how everything is going to end because we have revelation. We have Genesis to Revelation. You know, in Genesis, we see how God was in control of Abraham and the Israelites and that control goes from Genesis and even until now and into the future when the prophecies of the other of the prophecies and revelations will happen you know God did not call us just to put our heads in the ground like ostriches and live underground as some other tribes do you know, you can't put a light under the bed, you know. A light has to shine. We have to be the light that exposes the darkness. So we should not be afraid and we should not be paranoid. Now, some of you are saying, you know, with all this corruption that's going on with the presidency, judges and governors are doing those awful things. What are we going to do? I know we got to impeach them. We got to lock them up. Now, those things may happen or they may not. So what? You know, Jesus told his disciples about his judgment. He tells them, hey, listen, I'm going to divide the sheep into my right hand and the goats into my left hand. The sheep in the right hand are my followers. They're the ones that did what I wanted them to do, even in the midst of persecution. Those have their names written in the book of life, and they will live with me forever and ever. Now, the people on the left side, the goats, the ones that did not believe, 
and those that were murderers, rapists, blasphemers, idolaters, they will be in the lake of hell forever and ever. So all the things that we see people get away with, they're not really getting away with it. They will have to answer to God for all the things that they do. And that truth right there helps me to stay balanced. It helps you to be peaceful and put these in perspective. So the world cannot put its collar around my neck and drag me wherever it wants me to go. It doesn't have any control over me because I'm an ambassador of Christ. I'm the one that has the power and the authority. So I have the power to not let all the things of the world affect me. I just give it over to God. He will deal with them on his time. And that is coming. So remember that. If you just been woke, ask yourself, what caused you to get woke? Was it the man or was it God and his word? Are you born again or are you not? If not, that explains the paranoia. Because those who are born again has the spirit. And the spirit will guide them and it will lead them. The spirit, along being called the spirit of truth, is called the spirit of comfort. It is the comforter. It will comfort you in all things. And going back into Philippians chapter 4, you know, Paul writes to the Christians that don't be anxious for nothing, but with prayer and supplication, let your request be made known to God. You know, before Paul shared with that, he told us, always be thankful and always rejoice. Even today, we can rejoice because we're alive and God is still in control. So it doesn't matter how corrupt the world's going to go. It doesn't matter how woke the world's going to get. Because God is always in control. You know, going back to 10 years ago, when I started having my woke moment. And when I say that word woke, I'm putting it in quotations. Because I think it's, it's kind of silly in a way. You know, I was like this crusader truth. I had to campaign for truth. I had to let people know all these corruptions and all these uh, things that's going on. I had to warn these people. Like, I'm Paul Revere. I'm warning the people that the enemy is here. I'm coming with guns blazing. That's how I felt. And when I would tell people that, people look at me like I'm crazy. Well, the ones that look at me like I'm crazy are finally being woke. They are where I was 10 years ago. And listen, if you're at that point, okay. But remember, God is in control. You have to put your trust and faith in Him. 